Why why do you hate Twister so much? Cuz it's it's a fucking stupid movie. It was <laughs> it was just one of those was it a summer release blockbuster? It was a it was summer a release, release tent pole whatever you want to call it. It was like a big deal. Yeah. Everyone it's was got, doing disaster movies in the 90s. That's true, but it's also got fantastic actors in it. Like yeah, did, it does. You, did you happen to count all of them so Helen Hunt? Right. Bill Paxton. Meh. Then there's then there's um oh my god, I made me forget his name off I'm the top gonna of my make head. you say it because he's playing like a stoner dude. Yeah, what's his name? Can I want to s- Huh? What's his name? C. Thomas Howell. C. Thomas Howell. That's no, that's not his name. I no, that's don't... not his name. No, C. Thomas Howell is the guy from I know who he is. <laughs> uh from fucking Oh my god, you're now you suffering from aphasia. That. You can't. You know it, but you don't know it. It's right there on the tip of your tongue. You have to he free played, associate. He played what's his name with the. With the oh. Who? And he also played. He played the masturbating guy in in fucking um, <laughs> happiness. I'm gonna fuck you so hard it comes out your ears. And you that can't guy. remember his name from doing I that. I can't remember his name. He was in. He he played the bad guy in one of the Mission Impossible movies. Right. And. Uh, he won an Academy Award, did he not? He was in mm-hmm. Magnolia. Yes, yes, yes. As the uh, nurse. Yep. That's Still nothing? Father? That's your son? <laughs> That's your son? Come on, there's a scientific thing going on right now. You're having aphasia. I think that if I, I have it I all think, the time. I'm, I'm also drinking, so. Oh, Just God. so you guys know, it's Let Me Finish style. Well, that's all right. I'm never going to tell you. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinetific Institute. I am podcast professor Jason Harding. And I am podcast professor Atticus Boy. And here at the Institute, we take a movie and we see if it lives up to the scientific claims or scientific statements that it makes during the film. Isn't that right, Professor Blake? Yeah, sure. And, um, oh, I, I, I'm just getting this update. It looks like we have a weather pattern moving in, and it's Twister! <laughs> Twisters everywhere! Twisters! God, also known as kill me. also known as tornadoes. Tornado. But I guess they wanted to name it Twister, which sounds like either a movie based on the board game or some sort of really cheesy '80s horror movie. Or it's an erotic dance. <laughs> well, we had the twist. That's true, but it wasn't as sexy as like the pole twist. Mm. But before we can start delving into the science of Twister, there's a little segment that we have to do. Now, you guys know that we think of ourselves as being incredibly smart, and one of the best parts about doing this podcast is there are lots and lots of people that like to knock us off our high horse and remind us just how incredibly wrong we can be. And we, yes. call, we call that segment... We were fucking wrong. Okay, so these are comments left on our last movie, which was The Matrix. And we're going to find out how much we got wrong, right? Or maybe we'll be right. The people are wrong. That could happen, too. I got to tell you, though, out of the 117 comments on on last time's podcast, Uh I have 10 selected comments. So that means that the rest of them were agreeable, nice, kind, and we weren't that fucking wrong. However, everybody wanted to put in their two cents. You're not supposed to data pick your (laughs) your data. (laughs) 
Yes, but they wanted to put in their two cents because I think that this was a lot of people's favorite movie or one of their favorite movies or one of their childhood movies, nostalgia, (laughs) whatever. Whatever. So, uh, the first comment we got that I chose, and I try to choose one of every one from every single person. If because it's a you're good, it's, you're a nice guy. If it's not a correction, I, I probably won't read it. I mean, I'll read it, but I'm not going to read it on the podcast. Yeah, we read I, all the we read all yes, of them. Yes, I read them. I read them, and yeah, usually I have my hand down my pants. Comments is his favorite thing. Yeah, Francois Lacombe says there is a throwaway <laughs> line in the movie where Morpheus tells Neo that the machines use humans and a form of fusion as energy sources. Now, if they have a form of fusion available as a practical energy source they would have no need of using humans as batteries and that's absolutely true that is absolutely true what kind of form of fusion would use human btus (laughs) human heat lossless a lossless heat machine that's a zero entropy machine In oh, which you... case, in which case, they would exist beyond the, the the heat death of the universe. That's right, and that's possible. No, so we'll just we'll just keep going. <laughs> Another comment by Francois Lacombe, since he left quite a few. Is oh, jeez. The okay, and this this was a correction for me. That's why I chose that one in this one. The second law of thermodynamic di- dynamics, dynamics says that entropy always increases in a closed system. A living thing is not a closed system. It always it, it takes in low entropy energy from its environment uses it to build and maintain its own complex structure and returns high entropy waste heat to its environment. Entropy can diminish in a system, but only at the cost of greater entropy increase somewhere else. Absolutely true. And I think that that's because I fumbled my explanation of, of, of uh, life and entropy. Uh, now, I would like to ask a question really quickly. Yep. How large is this system that's brought to us from the Matrix? A human being is not a closed system. That is absolutely correct. But in this movie, it's part of a closed system system remember well you're, the yeah, machines... but now you're telling me is that the entirety of the matrix is a is a closed system not the, the fields ma- of humans not the matrix well the fields of humans still require energy in order for them to grow the humans and keep them entertained the matrix itself is a program requires energy all of the all of the robots require energy their their robot city requires energy and the movie depends that the harvesting of humans was their only energy source that means uh, now Although this is in regards Morpheus to the movie. He did say that though. Huh? What? He did say the with a form of fusion. With a form of fusion. That. Right. But if they had fusion they wouldn't need the humans. But That's absolutely true. The yes. implication is is that there was no other exploitable energy source on the planet. That's no sunlight, no hydrogen. Remember we said no sunlight, no um, geothermal. Um, they couldn't build wave generators on the ocean. I don't know if the oceans mm-hmm. exist anymore uh, according to the movie. There was no other exploitable form of energy other than the people so the people are part of a system that is closed right but the energy has to go somewhere yeah the energy the, the heat loss inevitably has to go somewhere right the heat is lost unless they're collecting the heat somehow and converting it into energy i mean but that's why is... i was joking about a lossless heat system right it's impossible if you right. can create a lossless heat system then right then an you internal don't... combustion <laughs> engine would run forever be like no just put the heat back through it's yeah exactly it's fine. It's Exactly. You know, well, I mean, you would run out of fuel inevitably, but you, you, you get what I mean. Right. But I think that taking one element from a closed system and saying that one element, you know, that, that one right there isn't a closed system. A person isn't a closed system. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
But in this situation, it is part of a larger, basically closed system. People die, they mush them up, and they feed them back to people in mm. order, well, yeah, in order to reclaim the chemical energy that's that's trapped within the bodies, right? I mean, that's what they said in the movie. They mm-hmm. liquefy people and feed them back to people because there's no food for them to grow because everything's shitty, which makes me wonder what Zion's eating and how they're growing it. But anyway, and well, also... Well, they did, they did show a water reclam- reclamation system. Mm-hmm. And he said, and the, I think it was the governor said something about, it, it feeds some of our crops, which means that they are able to produce grow enough light something. That, yeah. that, that, to grow something, in, which is, I mean, what's the easiest thing to grow in an arid environment? With, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not warm. arid underground, usually. Well, no, but, but the water's shitty, so they, they can only have, they have to have a, like a cistern of it. Or something. <laughs> They're now Fremen. Great. We're back to that movie. <laughs> Next question. Which I still love. Uh, Shut yeah, up. yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Cassandra Brockett, in terms of what food tastes like, the AI doesn't need to program the neural pathways. Just hook the sensory neurons that fire for each chemical compound and let the brain of the person do the work. Much simpler, less processing load, and it lets people like and dislike different foods without the AI needing to be involved. Okay, okay. so are you saying that our brain determines what taste is? Yeah. No, it doesn't. I mean, yes. I'm going to disagree with you on this. It, okay, it does. we evolved It interprets taste- the chemical interactions that are on your tongue and then Send right. it to your brain. Right. It interprets the chemical, in, the external chemical interactions with your tongue. Mm-hmm. Why do we have a sense of taste? If we to can let us just know if something is tastes good, tastes bad, or is poisonous. Right. In other words, an outside element interacts with our sense, with the way we sense things. Mm-hmm. If we can just make up in our own brain what things taste like, then that that doesn't function anymore. If you pick a berry and it's poisonous, and it tells you it's poisonous by how it tastes because it's super bitter or something like that but you think this is juicy and wonderful i think what she's saying is is that you just connect the matrix to the to the parts of the brain that process taste and the brain makes up they makes would have to mind create up. that chemical interaction and know what it know what it is beforehand. exactly and oh, if the okay. robots all right, all right. don't know then what we would get i don't know and maybe they just because i think the implication in the movie okay, is okay, they don't I know what, what these other saying. meats are so they just probe them all for chicken right however i think it goes along with what i said before which was and we did we did find out a later commenter mentions this is that they did forcibly hook people into the matrix so they did have and if they are able with their technology to take from those brains the memories of certain things Uh then that would include the chemical interactions of what a berry tastes like Okay. Yeah. So if then they, they would have a. So that which is what which is why mouse says which is why everything tastes like chicken. Okay. So if they have that info, that's fine. Uh, so the next question comes from. Uh, oh shit! I didn't write down the name. All right. Uh, well, I'll just read the question. They'll know who they are. One thing I note you didn't address the fact that Neo, we're in, uh, we're up and walking around after exiting the Matrix. A human born not provided appropriate stimuli post birth, visual, auditory, and motor would basically pop out of the Matrix and then flop around around like a fish with visual and auditory impairments. Mm. The brain needs to build neuronal pathways and connect those pathways with the sensory motor neurons to enable uh, normative functioning. I don't know if I agree with that, because if they already had those stimuli in order to create the construct of the matrix, wouldn't they? Yes, but the legs didn't. 
His physical legs, eyes, nose, tongue, all the muscles in his body. But didn't, didn't they show them repairing it for like for like a, a short montage? They did a weird acupuncture thing. Mm-hmm. But he said, "I my eyes hurt. And he says, that's because you've never used them. He says that out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order for those pathways to develop in the first place, they, he needs to actually develop them over... That's why babies are helpless for the most part. But I, that brings up an interesting question. Yeah. When is the baby connected? Uh, well, they're embryos that are grown inside of a inside of like a sack right like yeah a, but they're like not con- they're not connected to the matrix when they're in the weird jelly sack and they even show a baby being fed gunk right yeah. it's got a tube in its mouth and stuff but it's not connected to the matrix it's crying isn't it how about nanites <laughs> no you can't just go- I mean, at what point do they need to connect the baby to the Matrix? Do they just let it float around and goop for a year? Probably around, probably at nine months. I wouldn't be surprised if they had perfected it so that the moment it would have normally been born, it's just there. Just, just there. So it's connected. And so like, here's... oh, who's having the baby? Wait, we gotta find a, we gotta find a woman who who thinks that she's pregnant in the right. Matrix. Right. So can you imagine? You've had a baby. You know how helpless and weak a baby is. <laughs> I have not a had new, a baby. <laughs> a newborn baby, right? Oh my God, so tiny. If it's connected immediately after birth right Mm -hmm. it never uses any of its body ever yeah we would basically be like little like you know the you know the 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 fat people in uh Mm -hmm. um wally yeah well the heart pumps wouldn't they be a bit a bit like that well i mean depending on what they're eating i mean they're not really eating high calorie food they're eating liquefied people Mm. so I don't. They didn't I know do that I, in Wally. I don't think the muscle would ever develop past bare minimum. No, they weren't cannibals in Wally. <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, maybe it's implied, but I don't there's think there's some math that's... that needs to be done there. <laughs> hey, there's a movie we should do. Uh, yeah, definitely. We get robotics, space travel. I love Wally. This one is my favorite movies. I have pollution. <laughs> All right, next question. I, right. I agree with him. I think it's. I think that's a, that's a valid. That's a valid argument to be made. Mm. All right. Uh, next one is from Mullet. All that stuff goes into Hello, the Mullet. idea. That, <laughs> all that stuff goes into the idea that a lot of people are NPCs that Atticus mentioned earlier. It would be easier for the robots. <laughs> it says robots to run Yay. the Matrix if the scope of possibility in one's one's life is severely limited, where where no one can make progress that spurs the need to spurs the need to make the simulation exponentially more complex complex and thereby cuts the narrow margin of excess energy that they product, uh, profit off the endeavor. It's a strained explanation and nothing in the movie points to this, but it seems reasonable that they would be running the program in multiple instances so every real person is a Gen Xer leading a mediocre life. It's a loop so everyone born between 1960 and 1980 and the most long-lived die before the robot revolt. And everybody would, else is an NPC. They would use the most recent era possible because it would be be uh, photographically recorded and therefore easiest to replicate accurately. Mm, it's a possibility that it's a loop, but I mean what it comes at the end of that loop i mean you're 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 constantly having generations born into it you right? reset and what what happens to all the people they reset their brains remember that, that this, this oh, ties okay. into the next movies all right so they just reset everybody's brain and then they start over again mm-hmm. okay because my big question from the first movie was what if because we saw what they had to go through in order for when they unhooked neo from the matrix and then he got flushed out right and they had to mm-hmm. find him and pick him up before he drowned 
Um, what if what if Morpheus got his wish and everyone was released from the Matrix at the same time? That would just mean everybody would, the majority of them would die. There's not mm-hmm. enough people to pick up, and I doubt they could feed that many. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the at the end of the third movie, the other people agreed to continue living in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. But they established that everyone living in the Matrix is a cannibal. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. So they're okay with it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm yummy. I'm staying here. Didn't they tell everybody, oh, by the way, you're in a goop pod eating other people to stay alive? And they mm-hmm. were like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm good. It's, it's yeah. made from people. Just show me that I'm eating a steak. <laughs> All right, next one is from Micro. Okay. Uh, toxoplasmo, to, uh, toxoplasmo, plasma, Gandhi, is a single-celled eukaryote, not a virus. You said it was a virus. I don't care. I don't care, Micro. Fine, it's a eukaryote. Fine. Okay. Well, I this one's you. for me because he had to nitpick. Even though I have used this explanation before, I've used it before in YouTube <laughs> videos. I have used it in countless podcasts. I have used this fucking explanation, and he knew what I meant, and he still had to correct me. He's gonna no, correct you until no. you get it right. No, just no. Leaving things do not slow down thermodynamics. Well, yes, the entropy of something alive is kept low, which is what I said. It's done so at the cost of increasing entropy elsewhere. That's the part that I left out. Of course okay. I understand that. If anything, life speeds up and increase in entropy. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Professor. Thank you, Professor. Our, our lovely little Professor. And I always say little even though he's probably 6'3". Yeah, yeah. He, have you, you've seen him, right? You, you saw yeah. him. Yeah. We did a podcast with him. He's we, huge. He had his camera on the whole time. He's a fetching like, lad. He's like <laughs> six foot. He's, he is a fetching lad. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't check out my lad friends. I don't. Uh, okay, fine. I did. Oh. What oh, a package! What a pack! What a what a what what a set of feet! <laughs> He's gonna make some lady happy. He does make some lady happy. He's got a girlfriend. I know. Can let's not put his whole life on Front Street, shall we? Um, he's Danish. He drinks blood, and and he celebrates Fuck the Lobster Day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how old that reference is now? It's six years now. I know. It's like six years now. Um, all right, so next one is from David uh, Berenton. We don't fully understand how motor skills work. Two main theories, uh, general motor problem uh, theory or dynamic systems theory, but either way, they take time due to the, the physiological changes and other contextual learning that needs to happen during sleep. Okay. I mean, that's what the other, that, that's what think, the other guy was saying. I think that's involved with the insta-learning, you know, with instantaneously oh, yeah, yeah. learning kung fu or instantaneously learning how to how to fly a helicopter. Sleep is very important to how you learn things. Well, yeah, but when you're in the Matrix, you're technically asleep anyway, aren't you? No, you're not asleep. Yes, you if are. you were asleep, you'd go into the Matrix and you'd be asleep. Sleep is a brain state. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. not a, you're not asleep and then go into... You're just smiling been, at me because you know you're just... You've been living in a dream world, you know. <laughs> That's we live I don't think inside a dream. I don't think he means that literally a dream world. I mean I you know All right. Next whatever. One is from- Red Meridian. You can make moonshine out of beans. A subterranean culture like that is shown in the Matrix would have to rely on mung and other fast-growing beans and such to get the right amount of protein. Okay. Okay. I don't Fine. think I denied that we could make it, did we? No, I don't think we denied that. We were wondering out loud how they were getting their food and what they were eating to sustain a population. Of thousands, apparently. Well, yeah. Isn't it like 50,000 or something like that? Something like that, yeah. All right. J.L. Tavar, who is a new commenter, I believe... 
<coughs> Hello, actually, jail. Actually, the architect specifically states that nearly 99% of the people will choose the Matrix over reality. This works, but it's for him, but is for him unacceptable because that 1% so slowly piles up. He originally tried to eliminate this problem, but it caused a collapse in the previous iterations of the Matrix. This is why he introduced the one as control. He now allows that 1% of people to choose to leave the Matrix and periodically cleans them out by slaughtering everyone in Zion. It's why the machines allow Neo to be released instead of killing him in his bathtub. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right, so it has one. a one. It has a one percent failure rate. Mm -hmm. Okay. So all the people in Zion are not all the people because some of those people were born in Zion. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And then they just kill everybody in Zion and they continue on on their merry way in the Matrix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But for okay. what reason? We've already proven there's no reason if they already have fusion. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, there's that. <laughs> all right. And another one from the same person, JL. Altivar, uh, Vitar, sorry. Okay. Um, the Matrix isn't written in what we conceive of as computer code. There is no if-then-else programming language. It mimics the physical properties and reactions of atoms or whatever else is needed. Basing a lot of it off of our brains, uh, off of what our brains have evolved to understand as reality. This means that if you can genuinely convince yourself that the spoon isn't real and accept that fact, you can bend it because you, because you know all you're doing is altering your own perceptions. You're not violating any existing code or doing things the code isn't written for because there is no code in the sense that we know it. That's why when we see the matrix code, it isn't lines of code that we would recognize, but ever-shifting reign of malleable data. Um, what? I don't know, <laughs> I just found it an interesting comment. It's an interesting comment, and I, I think that's interesting. But, but the data would be code, would it not? Yeah, he, what he's basically saying is, despite the fact that they mention that the Matrix has code in the movie. And oh, yeah, that's true. They did say that. Yeah, but he's, he's saying it's not code as we know it. Well, then what is it? If it's not code as we know it. If it is something that is that malleable, why are the machines using it? If it if someone can change their perspective on something and manipulate the not code, then why are they allowing something like that, something that dangerous, to occur? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it raises another question in regards to the security of of the matrix itself. Am I saying that at some point computers may run on something that is not what we consider traditionally code? No, I'm, something may come along that will yeah, more than likely designed by a computer, and it will not let us know what it is. Well. <laughs> will come up with something different but yeah. what's that okay. paradox called i can't remember there's a paradox where if you if you don't think about supporting the machine intelligence in the future it will it will inevitably kill you or torture you forever <laughs> wait that's a t i haven't heard there's a, that there's one a paradox okay it, yeah i forgot what it's called someone else can put it in the well comments. that's why i fully support singularity sure and and bow to our robot masters but you know what you're doing you're you're <clears throat> you're uh, you're treating a hypothetical concept as if it's true which is a philosophical faux pas. You shouldn't be doing that. Whatever, dude. Whatever gets me a robot body while everyone else is flailing in the burn human pits, I'm fine. Yeah, didn't you say if you found out the Christian God was real, you would <laughs> worship him? No, I never said that. Yes, you did. You were like, I would, because he'd, no, he'd, he'd be real. You are if, he, if, he was, totally... if he was real. Oh, if it was a real, actual, If the Christian choices... God was real and you had the choice, like you, you knew that the Christian God was real and he would fucking burn you alive forever and ever. Oh, yeah. Of course I would. Yeah. If you're Scary. If your option is boredom or burning forever, which one am I going to choose? Hmm. I don't that's know. A, which, that's a tough choice, At least I'm burning God. with Jimi Hendrix. <laughs>
Man, I don't want to be here. Next question or answer or that's you're it. fucking wrong. That's everything? Yeah. Hooray! I don't even remember what movie we're doing. Oh, that's right, Twister. Mm, I, uh, I, changed, I, I did change my mind about my decision. I think it's a, I think it's a better one. What? For later, for next for next week, for next, okay, for next month's podcast, all right. I guess. Okay, here's a little rundown on Twister. It came out in the 90s when all the other disaster movies were coming around. And it's it about a bunch of storm chasers who are chasing around tornadoes, but they're not doing it for fun or thrills. They're doing it because they have this machine that will go into the, the, into the tornado, and it'll tell them all about the tornado. And if they know all about the tornado, then they'll be able to predict them better and save lives because they're heroes right steve right oh i almost got to oh, steve one of these days you're gonna be right next to me and i'm just gonna lean over and pee in your mouth when, when i'm really that. old everybody's gonna be steve <laughs> right steve <laughs> i'm your wife whatever steve <laughs> um, um and there's bad guys who want to do it for money, right? They have their own machine, and then they're mm-hmm. having like a competition. And it's there's... run by the the hottest the hottest pirate ever. Whatever. Gary Ells. And mm. then uh, there's a bunch of tornadoes, and then their machine works. The end, and they they stop tornadoes forever or something. Oh, okay, I don't know. are we done? And Is that yeah, it? That's yeah, that's it. That's the You're whole ready. thing. Now let's get into the fucking scientists. Uh, okay, science so can I it. can I start off with one? Yes, go. Uh, right in the beginning of the movie, they they show a lightning storm before the tornado. Um, mm-hmm. And each of the lightning bolts. Uh, this is just a nitpick of mine. There are no leads from the ground. They're all. There they're seldom all... are. Yeah. No, no, no. In... What I'm saying is there should be. Yeah, there should be. They don't even. Yeah, they don't I mean... even try to put them in there. The, but it's the, like lightning in movies has always been relatively inaccurate. Yeah. Well, right? I hope not anymore, right? So. Well, I haven't seen uh, realistic lightning in a movie yet. And um, I'm not counting, you know, electrical. Not even electrical. the Emperor? I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, not even, like, let's use, we did this movie before, but Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the slowest moving lightning bolt I've ever seen. And mm-hmm. there's no lead from the from the top of the uh, clock tower mm-hmm. coming up to meet the lightning. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, I think maybe And it, it goes was, through him. <laughs> yeah, it kills Doc Brown. But, I mean, I haven't seen realistic lightning in a movie. Unless it's some footage of someone filming lightning like legitimate lightning Mm -hmm. so that's a good point I have one at the beginning of the movie now this is science related it might seem like a nitpick at the beginning of the movie it's 1969 and one of our main characters is a little baby and they're having an F5 hurricane right Mm -hmm. and the TV is on and the reporter that's on the TV reports that it's an F5 right Mm -hmm. there are two problems with this they do the F5 F4 F1 and F2 thing all throughout the film whenever we see a tornado they say it's an F2 or whatever right but the problem is is that the scale the what's called the Fujita scale mm-hmm. that's what the f is wasn't developed until 1971 two years later oh, so no okay. one on no one on tv was using the f scale or the Dude, fujita it's, scale it's the mandela effect here's the other problem okay it's, it's the, the mandela effect shut up it's the other problem with that is is that um, those scales are based on their destructive power, how much they destroy, right? Mm-hmm. And they can only be determined afterwards by doing a complete survey of how much damage they did, how fast the winds were going. No one can look at a tornado and go, that's an F2, that's an F5, that's an F6. They can be, an F5 can be any size. Oh, wow, and... so it's not actually a determiner of, of the size of the tornado. It's actually no. just a determiner of the... Of 
of how much, much it destroys. Right. Nice. They can they can do an estimation of how powerful the tornado is by how much it chews up. If one tornado goes through um, a series of houses and most of the structures are still standing, the, let's say some of the trees still have leaves on them, no cars were flipped over, they can go, okay, that was an, F, an, an F2. That was an F2. It did damage, but it didn't do destructive damage. If they go in and it looks completely flat and trees have aren't even standing, none of the structures have none of the structures have survived and they're finding debris you know hundreds of miles away from the center of where they knew the tornado was then they can go okay it had to have had 200 mile an hour winds it so its destructive power is an f5 but it's something that's determined after the fact right Mm -hmm. so they use it completely wrong in this movie and they do it from the very beginning on a twofer they were completely wrong okay all right okay you got one um what kind of equipment do we presently use for tornado detection standard weather weather uh, yeah standard weather equipment satellite satellite imaging really doesn't help us with determining where a tornado is going to be we have a couple of satellite images of tornadoes from the top but as a general rule tornadoes are a ground-based event where the funnel forms from the ground from the the cloud cover to the ground and you really don't see a hole it's not like there's a hole above the cloud line that's just spitting up stuff to oz it is it is something that happens down on the ground because of the the way the the uh, funnel has formed so we use we use radar we can track storms that more than likely will have tornadoes um, and then the rest of the barometers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, now, in the movie, they have developed, um, what do they call it? Dorothy, right? Yep. And Dorothy is basically this weighted barrel filled with these tiny, li- tiny little sensor balls. And the idea is you put Dorothy in the path of a tornado, and then it sucks up all the sensor balls. The sensor balls send back data to a computer, and then they can map the shape of, of a tornado and all that other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's based on a real project that was called Toto. You don't want to know what happened with Toto? It didn't work. It didn't work. They could never they could never do it, mainly because you cannot predict the path of a tornado. They were sending scientists out, placing Toto down where they think the tornado was going to go, and it would never, ever go and actually hit the um, barrel with all the sensors in it. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was watching the movie, my idea was, well, why not launch a projectile? Get close enough and launch a projectile with these little balls in it and the projectile opens up once it's inside of it, and then it releases its balls or does whatever. Um, but I don't even know if that would work. There's no guarantee that that the twister would even suck up the project. You know, like a they missile couldn't or launch, something. They couldn't launch above the tornado and then disperse them that way. I mean, well, here's the other main reason. How long? How long do you think tornadoes last? There are a few minutes. Usually, there are a few right? minutes, and we can't predict where they're going to form. So by the time you heard, there's a tornado. You get in your helicopter. You get in your plane. I don't think a helicopter could make it that high. You get in your plane, you fly over where the tornado was because the tornado's gone already. (laughs) There's nothing to drop on it. Unless you are constantly flying over the clouds waiting to hear when a tornado will hit, you have to get precise precise, um, data as to where that tornado is because you can't see it where you're flying Mm -hmm. and then drop it in. It's nearly impossible. It's nearly impossible to do. I think that's, that's a logical way to think about it, but unfortunately, these things are unpredictable which brings me to which brings me back to Dorothy and to, the, to that matter, Toto. Now, Toto was designed to try to understand the internal structure of a tornado. It was not designed 
to help us predict when tornadoes were going to occur because that is impossible mm-hmm. to know. Okay, In the movie, they say, oh, if we get Dorothy working, we're going to be able to um, get a full map of, of, of the tornado, and we're going to be able to make predictions, and it's going to say they get, so people can get earlier warnings so that they can, you know, we can save lives, right? Yeah. But all they're really doing is getting the internal structure of a tornado, and more specifically, that tornado. They might, tor- be, they might be better off staying in a place where there are tornadoes and measuring for quite a long time until after a tornado has come and measuring that data beforehand. Mm-hmm. But we already know, we already have that data. That's how, yeah. that's how we can say tornado warning. Uh, the weather in this area has matched the conditions that we've observed for decades that indicate that a tornado is going just to like, occur. Just like the fire warnings out where you are. Right. But the idea that we can be so hyperactive, accurate, that we can tell where a tornado is going to form and what's in danger and have have a higher chance, you know, a longer period of warning specific areas a tornado is coming, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. We have the weather data. That's all we can do. It's kind of like saying, you know, you know, meteorologists are very good at their job, but people get angry with them because they can't predict what something is going to do. That's impossible. If we could predict where a hurricane was going a hurricane now could be at any given point in exactly its path they would be that's a level of knowledge that i don't know if we're going to be able to do because there are so many variables involved mm-hmm. when it comes to natural phenomenon like tornadoes and hurricanes so the reasons that they're using dorothy in the movie is bullshit they wanted it if they were just i mean i understand why they did it if they were just guys oh, dorking goodness, around it was the little MacGuffin. <laughs> no it was the little MacGuffin throughout the whole thing yeah yeah it was. like i i got to say that her her having not how old is she supposed to be almost 40 at this point yeah and not once after during a marriage with bill paxton did she ever cry and say that the reason she's doing this is because she thought that she, she thought that it came and killed her family shh, we're and, not supposed to think about that don't yeah. it shh. no no but that i mean right there that is that is part of that, like there's there's a there's a psychological principle at work here that yeah. it's called it's called the writers were dumbasses and didn't think <laughs> a married couple who work with tornadoes not right. once during their entire relationship did she ever break down and cry. Well, and he he knew that her knew dad it. had died. Yeah, but they have this dramatic scene where he's like, yeah, "You I think know. that's what it did? Game <laughs> over, man." I mean, well, here's the thing. Okay, so let's let's break into that. So Bill Paxton's character is like the tornado whisperer. All he has to do is walk outside and look at the yeah. sky and maybe pick up some dirt and trail it off like Tonto. And he says, "Up, oh, there's a tornado coming." Bullshit. Bullshit. Shit. No one can just go outside, sniff the wind, and know that a tornado's coming. <laughs> smells like Bill Paxton farted. Okay. So there's a, there's a scene when they're at the diner, and he goes outside, and he notices that the sky has turned green, right? Yeah. He says, it's going green. And everyone rushes off to their van. Okay. Do you know what causes a green sky? Uh, different particulate when, matter in there that's reflecting a, a different wavelength of light. Yeah, I mean, when light scatters through an enormous amount of hail and water in a storm. Oh, okay. Okay. I've never like, seen uh, it. Well, I've seen a hailstorm, but it doesn't turn... Mm-hmm. Here it doesn't turn greenish. It's more yellow. Yeah. There is so, actually a lot of sunlight coming through uh, during the mm-hmm. hailstorms around here. Mm-hmm. So. Now, the reason that um, we associate that with tornadoes, a green sky, is because... There 
there are storms strong enough to support intense tornadoes can will usually produce copious amounts of hail and rain at the same time. Mm-hmm. At least they had that in the movie. But there's a problem with it. So there's this one time the idea it, and it's, it's, the, it's the breakdown. It's the breakdown when they suddenly get hail, right? Right before a tornado, they get some hail, mm-hmm. right? And they run out and, oh, there's hail and it's tiny, less than a piece. It's like BB-sized hail, right? Yeah. Hail produced when tornadoes are present are usually the size of baseballs. Golf balls. Yeah, like, well, big. Golf big balls anyway. to baseball sized. Right. So they would have been pummeled to death. <laughs> That would have been a great scene in the movie. Been there. Mm-hmm. Now it's coming, and now it really is trying to kill you. Like that's right. And it Here just tells Helen Hunt until she. Oh uh, yeah. And also, tornadoes don't roar like monsters. They don't. <laughs> several times in this movie, they have the tornado and it's roaring. It makes a roaring. Oh, is it doing that giant smoke monster thing where it goes? <laughs> and then, and then it, and you see the enormity of how big it is and how tiny we are and how cosmically <laughs> right. stacked we are. And it's like, yeah, no, no, no. no but they, it did roar. Yeah. Do you have anything? I'll keep going. Uh, let me see. Um, let me see. Uh, not not science, but I'm pretty sure divorce papers need to be served by a process server. Okay, that's not <laughs> science. Um, they hid under a bridge. Is that oh, the best God, place yeah. to be during a fucking tornado? Only if you're stupid. <laughs> exactly. What 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 what's this? What's it called when when you get ripped sucked out from underneath a thing like that? Oh geez, I can't remember. Excuse me, I can't remember. It's uh, the Coriolis b- 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 effect. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> the Coriolis effect is actually one of the biggest problems that they have with in this movie is that they don't understand how it works. No, they it don't. Actually, it actually would affect them if they if like if they didn't shut the basement door. Right. And then. I'm pretty sure a similar, yeah, or, or or in any area where. Oh, let's say let's say at the end of the movie where they they you were saying uh, when we were talking off off mic it was that they tie themselves with belts. Okay, so let's okay, use. Do, the you way, wanna, here, do you want to do you want to jump to that because that's a climax. They run the into movie. the fucking barn and they're all scared because of the stuff that could fly around. They're like, "Who are these people?" And I'm like, "Well, farmers, yeah, yeah. idiots. They they're farmers." Stuff. But then why are they afraid? Didn't you grow up on a farm? <laughs> yeah. But why are they afraid? They are afraid because they know that the tornado can pick that stuff up and it fucking yeah. cyclone it around and, and shred them right. to bits. Exactly. But for some reason, that effect doesn't happen to humans. No. So what happens is they're about to get struck by an F5. So they take off their belts. They belt themselves to a standing pipe that he says is at least that goes down at least thirty feet, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the wind, you know, the tornado comes. They get I literally get picked up off the ground. Now it's two hundred mile an hour winds. Okay, a two hundred mile an hour wind. If you turned or bent your body the wrong way, congratulations, you've broken your back. Or congratulations, your legs are broken. Or, or something. No, something's gonna get ripped off. Something's going. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Something may not necessarily get ripped off, but I mean, they it, they just gently get lifted up off the ground, and that's wind that could literally pull some of you. You'd have parts of your body getting ripped open if you opened your mouth. Uh-huh. The corners of your mouth would tear, and you might not be able to shut it again because the wind is so strong. I, I, I kind of want a scene. I want to remake a scene where where the actual science happens, and so she ties herself with the belt, and then all of a sudden, Bill Paxton lets go, and he he grabs her feet. At the last second, and then and and then the fucking winds draw in quarter. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
And he's like, but I the, got your legs. Right. But the other part of that is, is that the wind speed is the least of their problems because it has picked up a huge amount of debris from everything that it's been moving across, and that Ooh. would have killed them. Here's the thing. Talking about those high-speed winds... Even winds at 100 miles an hour, right? Dorothy has this very flimsy plexiglass lid that's just supposed to open when they finally get it into the the storm. There are several times where the storm goes over, and even one where it goes over the Dorothy, and I believe it's just, oh no, we forgot to deploy, or something like that. Mm -hmm. The wind would have ripped that fucking top off, and they would have gotten their data within within the first half hour of the movie. Maybe. I'm pretty sure but it would remember, have just gone like this. But remember, at the end of the and movie, the sudden discovery they have, these tornado scientists have, is that they didn't weigh it down enough. They're talking about tornadoes that have the ability in the movie to lift up cows into the air and semi-tractor trailers and trucks and cars. Mm-hmm. And they made this little barrel that isn't heavy enough. But they don't realize it until the movie. I thought that that would be something that they would realize right away. Okay, Do you know well, how they this, did Toto? This is the thing. Don't they just need the little balls to go in? Yeah, but they need they need the, the container to stay down and then release. They still didn't even do it. They drove their truck with with Dorothy in it into the volcano into the volcano. And it, it took the whole into truck, the right? tornado. Yeah, they just the left volcano. it lashed. They just left it lashed. Lashed in the truck. That, that uh, thing that Sir Kidalot said, where the person falls and they skip around on the lava like mm. like a pad of butter in a in a frying right. pan. <laughs> the way uh, the way they solved it with Toto, or at least you know, since Toto never worked, the way they tried to fix it was Toto got bolted into the. They only did it on roads, and they bolted it into the into the out asphalt. It was stable. It wasn't going to go anywhere. The problem was was that you can't predict a tornado's path, and it never hit it. They just after you. I don't know how many times they tried. It just never hit it. But bolting it to the ground would make it stable. But these two scientists made something that they should have known was too light. Because there was that one where it kept skittering across the road and and uh, then fell over. Mm-hmm. And then nothing happened. And they were like, oh, no, we didn't make it heavy enough. I don't think these guys are very good scientists, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Going back to Bill Paxton, by the way. Um, Bill Paxton, while driving in his truck, sure does make a lot of predictions about the path of a tornado doesn't he uh yeah he says oh no it's gonna hook right you guys better watch out it's coming your direction no one can do that you can't look at a tornado and go oh it's gonna go that way it's why they're dangerous (laughs) if anyone could look at a tornado and go oh no it's gonna turn right and then it's it's gonna head down main street and then maybe it'll hang out at the mall for a little while it wouldn't be dangerous you could just get out of that area because we can see where it's turning you can't no one knows which direction a tornado is gonna go his special tornado powers are bullshit tornado man so there's a film mistake in which a piece of debris smashes the windshield and breaks it and then the very next scene the windshield is untouched that's not a science thing it's definitely film science they need to they need to fucking do better Okay. Come on, come on. Film theory is a theory. Yeah, I'm not talking about film theory. I mean, 
Okay, and here's another one. Uh, there's a scene in which they they finally what was it? They lose the uh, after they get they get Dorothy to launch. It's in it's in the F5 the black F5 tornado, and they go, yes. oh no, it's coming this way. They start running through a field, and I'm standing there saying they can probably run at max each of them. Let's say five miles an hour. No, they might run a little bit faster than that. I don't know, man. The fastest I mean on I get can get my average up to eight or nine miles an hour. A full okay. sprint. A full sprint. So. No, un- unhealthy Bill Paxton and skinny mini little little uh, Helen Hunt are not going to run a f- across that field faster than the tornado is going to get them. And it sure they can. It, you know, it would have. F fives are super big. They're not, and <laughs> they move. It was literally like a monolith. Slow. It was it, mm-hmm. was, yeah, it was a monolith of a of a of a fucking. It picks up Gary L's fucking SUV and then spins it around a few times, then just goes. Mm-hmm. And then, by the way, cars do not explode like that. They can sometimes, <laughs> but they just kind of smolder and burn. Yeah. Um. Also, by the way, they were so close to that F5 tornado when they got out of the truck to drive it into the thing that they would have been suffering from the effects of being that close to a tornado. High winds. They'd have difficulty standing they'd start rolling over and as the tornado got closer they would probably get picked up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more than likely but no they can run super fast you saw in the movie they can run super fast yeah <clears throat> and also uh, i'm tornado. out of questions just so you know <laughs> that's fine uh so how many tornadoes do we see in the movie Five, including the one at the beginning, right? Mm, six. I think it's five. I think it's five. Well, there's twins. Remember, they split Oh, the I sisters. guess that's six. Yeah. yeah. So, let's see. We had six, and the movie takes place over one day? Two days. Two days. Two days? Yeah. Two days. Um. So, tornadoes don't usually... St- start on a day, last all night, and uh, go on through the next day. It's not like, you know, you get one, maybe two. Um, they are more prevalent during the, they're very prevalent during the daytime um, because of heating. Because the sun's out, the heat adds to the energy of the tornado, and by the time night falls, that's when tornadoes die down. But we have a massive tornado in this movie that hits the movie theater, right? Yes. Or the, the drive-in. Yes, right? yes, yes. And they're watching that's, The Shining. Which... That, that's not saying that tornadoes don't you don't occur at night they can especially if it's un- unusually warm at night um there would be enough sufficient energy to help power a tornado i wish but... this movie was directed by cronenberg <laughs> sorry okay. it's a stupid fucking movie i hate it it's so fucking stupid oh, speaking of the movie theater where does everyone run one run to when the when the tornado breaks out oh they run into a bungalow do they not not a, i mean a, no. what do you call that the they run into it like a big hangar, like a big yes, tall yes, building. Yes, yes, but it's a I, big, I, what do you call that half can structure? It's like a giant like, tin can cut in half. I, oh, are you talking about a, a Quonset hut? Like yes, a, yes, yes. Yeah, but it's bigger than what a Quonset hut yeah. would be. Dumb right? idea. Yeah, really dumb idea. Because you don't want to go into big tall structures because they get torn apart. Don't run into gymnasiums, anybody. Don't run into gymnasiums. Don't run into tall, tall, empty structures. They they tend to fail during a tornado. Mm-hmm. You don't have anything else, really? No. <laughs> it's just a fucking stupid movie with fucking stupid... I said it last last time. I just said no. But I did uh-huh. it anyway because I, I love you and, you know... Okay, so here's here's some more stuff. Are you ready? Oh, God. He's got okay. ten pages. Remember at the beginning of the movie... He wrote an essay about this poetic movie. I did. I did. Um, the family, they're running out. They're going, running to the storm, storm cellar. Yeah. And the trees are blowing and branches are breaking off. And there's super high rain, uh, winds. But why did the dad... Dad's hat stay on, and how come the chickens were fine? <laughs> uh, glue. 
It's glue, but that's just a film a, a film mistake then, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> they do some things that are correct. I mean, they mentioned some stuff that was, you know, um, correct. Some of the shots they have of a supercell, which is what you need in order to have a tornado, mm-hmm. was actually, you know, pictures of a real-life supercell. Mm-hmm. So that that's good. I mean, the fact that things exist and there's, like, air... <laughs> And the TVs function the way TVs do in the real world. Light light works the way it does in the real world. Mm-hmm. Just not their lightning. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, they breathe air. <laughs> they use a lot of they use a lot of terminology that people use that people who study tornadoes and people who are meteorologists use. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's that's okay. Um, like, what's the one I'm thinking of? It's, uh... Helen Hunt poops. Uh, don't... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's <sighs> Uh, someone says... I think it's Jonas tells Charles, Charles, his little sidekick, to do a, a sector scan on radar and to keep looking for a hook, right? But then what he's saying is, if we see the hook, then we'll know that there's going to be a tornado. Mm-hmm. The only problem with that is it's called a hook appendage or a hook echo, which is on Doppler radar, which all meteorologists use. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, hook echoes don't always indicate a tornado. It doesn't mean anything. It could be a tornado, could not be a tornado. They use a lot of these terms throughout the film and it's dumb it's just oh. you're the one who loved this movie so much we wanted to do I it. didn't love it so much and I now, wanted to kill it's it science you jerk you want to you want to make love with this movie you have a VHS <sighs> tape with a hole cut in it mm-hmm. the first tornado that they see that day excuse me <laughs> corona <laughs> excuse me um, it doesn't have a wall cloud. Um, it doesn't oh. have an inflow tail. Oh, you're right. It doesn't. It doesn't. You no, know, it doesn't. It doesn't have anything that's structurally correct. There's just regular clouds. Um, so it. I mean, clouds like that. If you have a very high base, that which means the cloud layer. Tornadoes can still form, but not in the way that it was, it was depicted in the movie. Okay. Um, and I think... Did you, did I think you know that good. tornadoes can pick up fire and throw it around? I, oh. I thought that was a myth, <laughs> but apparently it's actually true. Tornadoes can pick up fire. That's <coughs> there was true. A, there was a film somebody put up of a, a tornado going through a lit oil. Someone lit, accidentally lit an oil, uh, Derek, uh, and a tornado went through it and literally picked up the oil with the fire and it was just fucking a burning <laughs> fucking tornado. Oh, you know what a, a tornado can't do? What? Pick up a whole house and roll it in front of on a road. There's a scene where they're driving down a road and a house kind of rolls onto the road and they drive through the house. Mm-hmm. Tornadoes tend to uh, render homes into debris. That's mm-hmm. it. It can't pick up a house like in, in The Wizard of Oz um, because <laughs> houses on. tend tend to be secured. They tend to be secured to the ground, so the likelihood of a tornado picking one up whole and rolling it anywhere is stupid. So um, I think that's everything. Let me double check my notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Why? Because you had to watch it's it. Such a fucking shitty movie. This is not. <laughs> sorry. Oh, uh, Bill mentions there's horizontal rain. Right? They look out the window and they see horizontal rain, and they go, "Ooh, I bet that has that. I bet that had that indicates that there's going to be." It, no, it doesn't indicate that there's going to has nothing to do with a tornado coming. Rain can be horizontal due to wind, just regular old wind. Mm-hmm. So that had nothing to do. With, I mean, they're like, oh, look, the rain's horizontal, and they go, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> like it means something. It doesn't mean jack shit. <sighs> and then there's this. 
At one point, Joe says, Bill, we're in the core, remember? Oh, yes, they are. Okay, so here's one. They, they end up in the eye of the storm. No, no, no. This is the one with the two. Uh, no, okay, well, I, you, you t- t- say your thing. I just... Okay, so a core, the core of something, is the core of a supercell. And um, it's really bad to be there. There's extreme rain, and very large hail can fall, and um, the core is within a close proximity to where a tornado, tornado may form within a supercell. Supercell. And she says something along the lines of we're running into the flacking line, mm-hmm. and that's incorrect. The flanking line is a region of cumulus and developing, oh boy, I don't know what this word means. Columbini? Kamulanimbi. Kolonimbi. Kolonimbi. Right. As clouds near the updraft of the supercell. So when she says we're in the core, that should have been the most violent scene in the movie, and they're just kind of like sitting there, mm. like nothing's going on. That's the same scene where we see a cow, where we see a cow, and yes, then we see another yes, cow, yes, and it's yes. just, it's oh, being blown around. It's just, you know. Right. Um, that can happen. It can. D- the Very winds nice. can pick up a cow. But also, if the winds were strong enough to pick up a cow, they were strong enough to a knock the truck can, over. <laughs> a tornado can smash a poodle's face with a brick. Come on. You saw but it should have, butthead just like I it did. It should have been able to knock their, their truck over. Yes. The winds were so strong. That never happened. Their, their truck kind of went in a little circle, and then they were done, and they were like, woo They weren't terrified that they were nearly killed. Uh, or had glass blown out in their faces and ripped to right. shreds. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, that, I, I, I want to see... You know, what, you know what's another... If, if we ever had the money and the production that like a production company it'd be nice to take other people's films mm-hmm. and do our own version of them where the science is actually real so the first time they drive out into the tornado it rips the fucking windshields and off and then the wind goes through and takes the glass from the from the, t- the mm-hmm. driver and passenger side and shreds their faces <laughs> to pieces and then lifts up the cow and then sm- and splatters it across the pavement <laughs> Like oh, five, and five minute reel. <laughs> there's a piece of unbelievable driving. At one point, they leave Wakita, Oklahoma, and end up at Ames, Iowa, for the fourth tornado in the film. Mm-hmm. There is no way that they could make that distance while driving and still have daylight because they left Wakita in the afternoon. They broke time to make this movie unless there is a scene that we didn't see where they loaded all of their trucks into, I don't know, a jet and flew well, all the way there. What's the distance? What's the distance? Oh, I'm not certain. I think it's like 400 miles or something. Nah, like that. no, that's my, that's my that's, that's, that's my drive from where I am to my favorite campsite in northern Maine. It's, mm-hmm. That's like possibly six hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, six, seven hours. I mean, basically what happens is a lot of these people make claims by looking at monitors saying we have, you know, we, it's like they wanted us to believe that we have better information about how tornadoes form and where they land than we really do. Mm-hmm. And that's the, and that is one of my fundamental problems. Because one of the things that this movie does that is a disservice is that it makes, it allows the public to think that people who study tornadoes understand how, when they form, where they land. Like, we have all of this information by just looking at, at screens or doing whatever, or if we have magic powers, to be able to predict where tornadoes go, to be able to, just by looking at them, see how strong they are, see, every, you know, know a whole bunch of stuff about them. We don't. We don't. And if we let the public see, no, 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 we know, look, we can just look at a thing and we'll know, oh, one just landed right here. We don't have that. You know how we know when a tornado lands? When some freaked out person picks up a phone call 
call, picks up a phone, and calls someone to say, we've just seen a tornado touchdown. Yeah. That's it. We had we had one here about 10 years ago that, um, in, it was in Western, it was in Western Massachusetts, and the satellite photo after it went through, because nobody knew until it just happened. I mean, there was some kind of warning. It's possible tornadoes, and then everybody was like, ha ha ha, we don't have those in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So it literally looked like, like they say in the movie, a, a so from from an area in Warren, Massachusetts, to to probably into the next town over, like a, a fucking god stuck their finger into the earth and drove it through the wooded area all the way mm-hmm. over to the next town over. It right. was horrifying. It was horrible. <laughs> I had I, I had I had friends and friends of friends that lived out there at the time when it happened. It was right. it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So. But I mean, they they shout out things all the time. At one point, someone says that the uh, that the tornado is back building. Right? They say it out loud. The tornado's back building. What the fuck does that? Turn- mean? That means it's it's building up power. Right? Oh, okay. Tornadoes don't back build. Backbuilding occurs in, in thunderstorms or clusters of thunderstorms as they continue to initiate upwind of the storm or behind it. Um, tornadoes don't backbuild. They, they they said it out loud in the movie. Someone looked at a thing and said, "Oh no, it's backbuilding." And it's like, no, it, it's not doing a thing that it doesn't do. <laughs> tornadoes form and then they dissipate. That's it. They don't backbuild and become even worse, stronger tornadoes than before. Um, and that's yeah. So I'm I'm now. I'm getting angry at the movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting angry at the movie, just like I got angry at Outbreak. Aww, because Out- well, Outbreak, Outbreak suffered the same problem. They, they put a bunch of myths around diseases, and then they said, no, it's okay, because we have these magic scientists that can create a vaccine in a day, in a van, in a city. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, and we're learning pretty good. That ain't fucking true and so when people get surprised and they're like what do you mean it's going to take two years for a covid19 vaccine yeah it might take two and years then for it'll a COVID mutate vaccine. so you guys can get sick again yeah boy oh boy boy oh boy i lost 40 old people friends 40 <laughs> that was in the paper so it's not a hipaa violation it was awful some sick ass motherfucker <laughs> who knew that they were sick came into work and, and we had no cases and then and then we went up to 100 cases and then 40 mm-hmm. of those people died that was Fuck you. That was great. And people still out there in my fucking Facebook feed and, and, and people I meet that still say that they don't think it's real and it's some sort of... I hope they die with a fucking knife up their asshole. And this is the problem that I have with movies that take real phenomenon, mm-hmm. like diseases or tornado or tornadoes, and fictionalize them for entertainment and throw in a whole bunch of sciencey sounding words. Mm-hmm. It sets up the wrong idea in the public's mind about what we're capable of about what we can do. I mean, the whole premise about this movie, about getting something in there so that we can um, make better predictions so that we can save more lives, is bullshit. We already have that data. And I'm sorry, but sometimes the, the, the physics of a thing is you don't get to know until it's on the ground, okay? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's it, you know? I mean, people have been wanting predictions. We want better predictions about tornadoes, and we want better predictions about earthquakes, and we want better predictions about volcanoes. Well, and so much... <laughs> So much, so many variables. Sometimes, you know, uh, Dante's Peak has the same problem. Pierce Brosnan knows that the, the volcano is going to erupt and is going to kill everybody, right? Because we have those scientists that can make those dead-on predictions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a volcanologist and you're lucky, your volcano
volcano that you're studying actually has a volcanic eruption. And maybe you could see some things that led up to it. I mean, right now, oh boy, the Yellowstone you know, cut like I the said, Yellowstone caldera isn't looking good, but they can't predict when or how it's going to blow yeah. or if it if if it's going to. That's one of the reasons I I didn't stay to go for my my PhD uh, at at uh, at Clark was because I realized and I love science. I love other people doing science. Hey, I'll watch your outcome anytime, but I'm not going to sit there and watch shit and count shit and then watch shit and count shit and watch shit and count shit and then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, we're helping with muscular dystrophy, but all you're doing is watching shit and counting shit. And that's how we do it. That's how we do it. That is literally how it's done. Most of right. it is boring is boring watching stuff and counting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's science. I know. And it works. You, you do the work. I'm an applied. I'm trying to get into <laughs> applied sciences. It's totally different. Right. So uh, time to give this movie a grade. What grade are you going to give it? Oh, an F. Yeah, me too. I'm going to give F, it an I F. I want to give it an F, F minus. Just because they mention stuff that's real doesn't make it a good movie scientifically. Yeah. You know, maybe you enjoyed the movie because you liked watching things get blown apart by a tornado. That's fine. I mean, it was a hit film. Thank God there wasn't a sequel. But... <laughs> Um, Twister 2, even more twisty. Even more twisters. <laughs> now they're on fire. Now that would be, we should have done the science of Sharknado. Get the fuck out of here. You don't get to make this, <laughs> oh my god. I will, that is the day that you'll you'll be messaging me and you'll be like, well, are you going to start? Next week, and then you the never, science of Sharknado. <laughs> I will, yeah, it's my it's my decision this week. The science of Lavalantula. Actually, I'm going to give Jason a fighting <laughs> chance because I'm going to do I'm going to do three of my very favorite recent science movies. Okay, I'm going to say one, two, three. Okay, go okay. for it. And you, no, you pick. I got I got them all lined up. Oh, you you're copying one, what I do on on you late mean seating. What I did, what I did on Let Me Finish that you no. stole and put on Let me, on late seating. Excuse me. I stole me. nothing. I, anyway, one, two, or three, fuckface. <laughs> I don't like being in this position. Okay, two. Okay, so we are still going to do Annihilation. The other two I was okay. going to choose were The Martian or Interstellar. Ooh, I wish we could have gotten Interstellar. No, you chose two. We, I mean, we can do that. I want. I want another one. Switch. Switch it. Switch it around. No. It, oh my God! Do you remember when I ruined Interstellar for you? And you, it took it took it took two hours just to ruin it. Did you hear me roll my eyes hard? Uh, <laughs> oh, you yeah, didn't I actually know. like it? Mm, it was alright. I loved it. I thought it was beautifully shot, beautifully filmed. But... There were no tornadoes. I mean, yeah, and who knew that one of the dimensions is love? <laughs> I don't think that that's what she meant. But anyway, let's watch. <laughs> Let's watch, everyone, let's watch Annihilation, because I really loved that movie. I loved its And we're going to study the science of weird, freaky shit. Of what happens when you mix when you mix genes in the wrong places because of or some weird... Or if it's even possible to do so. Time, time thing that is like a... Time thing. With a lighthouse. <laughs> Force field, kind of. <laughs> but they still get Dude, in. There's a time dilation thing and going on it, too. And for isn't all there? you guys out there, all you guys out there, Natalie Portman's in it, and I think she's just cute as a button. She's scary. But dude, she looks like a Tim Burton would, drawing. You would, and you know it. You would. I wouldn't, I look, because I, I was a grown a little, ass. A little I was a teeny part of me would. No, there's. A, I was yeah. a grown ass man when I saw her in the professional when she was a little baby, and that's all I see. And then you saw whenever you didn't I see, see her. Queen Amidala, and you were like, "Oh, she's eighteen now, so it's perfectly fine." She wasn't eighteen in that movie. She, she was. was like fourteen. Yeah, she was. Oh, I don't she care. She and I are the she's, same age, Jason. She looked like a little baby. And I don't... Actually, no, I'm sorry, you'd be right because there's... when they were filming, she would have been seventeen. Mm. So what you're seeing is not an eighteen year old. Oh well, you looked. At a, you looked at a 17-year-old and went, 
went, I want to, I want to fuck. Didn't I just tell you that every time I see her, I see her in the professional what? where you she's a fuck little kid? Queen? Oh my god, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> Next week we're gonna do liar, liar, and we're gonna let's put... do black swan. Let's do, let's do, let's do, let's do the science of the professional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's been a lot of other things. Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> the science of how she could turn a, a gay man straight. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll work. Thanks for listening, everybody, and joining us here at the Cinetific Institute. I have been podcast professor Jason Harding. And I was at podcast professor Atticus Blake. And remember, here at the Institute, we put the, the science, science in, in fiction. In what? <laughs> what did you say? I said in movies. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I wish. I love all you guys. No, I'm telling you, that is an excellent premise. That if you, if we had the funding and the money, we'd take somebody, a short version of somebody else's film and fucking and fucking do this how the science is actually real <laughs> oops her face got ripped off <laughs> I bye everybody I didn't know you could liquefy a cow <laughs> okay we're say bye 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 everybody <laughs>